Today on the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of John and we are in chapter 4. This chapter begins with Jesus talking with a Samaritan woman. You'll remember from chapter 3 that Jesus spoke with Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night. And of course, Nicodemus is a Pharisee, which of course means that he is a Jew. And now Jesus will be talking with a Samaritan. And to give you a little historical context on Samaria, there's a lot of conflict with these two people, the Israelite people and uh, the Samaritans. So they didn't trust each other. They had a long conflict, a rivalry even uh, that has gone back 700 years prior to this point in time, all the way back to the Assyrian Empire. Uh, At that time, um, Assyria crushed Israel. That was in 722 BC. We talk a lot about that uh, when Israel was sent into exile and the Assyrians forcibly resettled um, people from other conquered lands in Samaria. What happened at that point was the Israelite population that remained in Israel, the few that were there intermarried with the Gentiles that came in, which of course we know violated the law. And so they um, became uh, this new people, these Samaritans, and they sort of combined the Gentile history with the Jewish faith. And it was kind of a new version of the religion. And so they contaminated the Jewish religion according to true Jewish people. And so they didn't get along. All that to say, that they did not get along and that they looked down severely on Samaritan people. And yet here we begin chapter four with Jesus talking with a Samaritan woman. So it says the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That means it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. That's in parentheses, and that's showing that Jesus is there by himself. Now, it would have been very uncommon for the Samaritan woman to be there drawing water at noon. That's the hottest time of the day. Most of the women would have gone early in the morning to get their water for the day. So there's speculation that this woman was not well received by the other women, and maybe that's why she had to go later in the day based on the circumstances of her life, why they didn't receive her. Also, it would have been uncommon for Jesus, being a man, to interact with her, let alone um, ask her for water. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God 
and who it is that asks you for a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. So she's asking for the living water, the gift that God gives us, understanding Jesus' true identity and the eternal value that comes with that to where we will never thirst again. Now picking up in verse 16, Jesus is setting the context for the fact that he knows who she is. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So the woman was being elusive and didn't want to admit to the truth of her circumstances. But Jesus knew fully well exactly who she was and what she had been doing. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus is explaining that the location of the worship is irrelevant. It is the condition of your faith and receiving him in your spirit, which is what matters. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Now this next section is when the disciples rejoin Jesus. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, 
is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So whether Jesus is referring to John the Baptist going before him or even what the prophets have spoken about him, he's recognizing and asking his disciples to see that there have been people laying the foundation for what he is bringing revelation to. Now it says many Samaritans believe. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Then they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know this man really is the savior of the world. And then the final section deals with the official son. And this is a Gentile. So like I said in the beginning, it started with Nicodemus, a Jewish man, coming to him in the night. And then Jesus met the woman at the well, a Samaritan. Now, Jesus is speaking to a Gentile. After the two days he left for Galilee, now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, The fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed having come from Judea to Galilee. And that ends chapter 4. We will pick up next time in chapter 5.